basketball podcast here on the action network presented by prize picks i'm your host dan titus and i'm joined as always by my boy adam koffler we are at week 10 really excited to talk about it that is until i get the next woes notification that a game is canceled another player has covid what are we doing dude like (laughs) we're supposed to be giving fantasy advice here but i'll be honest i have no clue how to navigate what's about to be upcoming this week Dude, it's Christmas. Problem is, we have no idea uh, what stars are going to be playing on the biggest stage in basketball, right? Like, is, is KD going to come out of protocols? Uh, there's, James Harden's uh, been in protocols longer than KD, it, so maybe he'll play. <laughs> Trey Young just went into protocols, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, and then you got then you got guys that are injured, and then protocols on top of that. Like, you know, uh, John Morant was injured, then he got put in protocols. Uh, Kyrie Irving hasn't played yet, but he's back in protocol. So at first, at first, I thought that Kyrie went into protocols as like a, you know, a formality. Yeah, yeah, formality, right. But I think he tested positive, was what I heard. He's been away from the team. No one knows what he's really been doing. Apparently, he's been working out, staying in shape. But yeah, I mean, we really can't call it Do you want to talk Kyrie now or do you want to talk him a little bit later? I mean, we could start off with Kyrie. Why not? I mean, so it came out that Kyrie is going to be rejoining the Brooklyn Nets, and he's going to be playing in a part-time capacity. believe he's the first player to ever get that designation as a part-time player, but he's not allowed to play at home games for Brooklyn, so he's going to be playing on the road. The problem that I foresee, though, is with COVID surging right now, how could any visiting team allow Kyrie to play as an unvaccinated player? That just seems like it's reckless behavior, but apparently right now, there's some legalistic angle that Kyrie can play on away games, so we're what are you doing with Kyrie if you have him? It's a really interesting situation. And I actually never even thought about it from the angle that you just said. Because, I mean, the, the vaccination rate in the NBA is like 99% or something. Yeah. And I bet you, and the people that are unvaxxed probably keep it on the low. For and sure. it's not like this. It's not like this big <laughs> thing. Like, you know, Kyrie, everybody knows he's unvaxxed. And they're like, get away from me. It's like, <laughs> it's like Rudy Gobert <laughs> did when the whole thing started. Right. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, you're going to get at maximum, you get half the games. Kyrie's not like he hasn't been the healthiest player in his career, right? So you probably get a little bit less than half the games. You, you might have some COVID protocol issues. You, you likely will because he's unvaccinated. So <laughs> he could be a close contact at any moment, right? I, I don't know. know how the NBA is doing close. They're not like distinguishing like the NFL is. But, you know, I'm not really interested in a guy who's going to play, I don't know, 15 of the next of the next 45 games or something like that. Especially in a head-to-head format, you're going you're gonna to eat a lot of, uh, you know, games where he's on your bench. And that's not... I'd rather have a, you know, a subpar player that's going to play every single game, you know, rather than Kyrie Irving. Like, uh, I'm just thinking of someone off the top of my head here, like, um, you know, Josh Giddy or something like that. Like, I'd, I'd rather have Josh Giddy for all his games, even with Oklahoma City, than I would Kyrie Irving at this point. Yeah, Josh Giddy, man, he had like an 18 rebound game. He did. Uh, he did. A game ago. Whew, yeah. That's uh, that, that's special, man. It's not every day you see a guard put up 18 rebounds, especially as a rookie. Um. But yeah, I tend to agree with you. In weekly leagues, you could pretty much drop Kyrie because you know if they have any kind of mixed bag of home games, like you can't you can't rely yeah, on that yeah, at all. Yeah, I would I would I would take see if see if someone in your league is excited about him coming back. I don't know that they will be, but 
you know, yeah. his, his name enough should give a little bit of value and see, see if you can get something like, you know, somebody at the back end of the roster or something like that. So just going back a little bit, um, I know that that was pretty much top of mind just because Kyrie Irving is a pretty significant player in the NBA, but the most significant thing that happened in week nine was Steph Curry breaking the three point record. We talked about it last week, uh, being that we record this on Sunday, we didn't have a chance to really tout, but we were, we were assuming that Steph was going to break the record in Madison square garden. It was at plus three twenty-five when we talked about it and he wound up smashing that. So congrats to Steph Curry, man. That was an amazing moment. It was crazy. Cause I was actually driving to pick up my kid at daycare. And I told my wife, I was like, yo, Steph's about to break this record. She's like, what are you talking about? The game's going to be on for the next two and a half hours. I'm like, no, Steph is literally going to do this in the first 10 minutes of the game. And sure enough, um, he did. So I was sitting in the car with my son in the back, holding up my phone, like watching it. So the where were you? It's a where were you moment. I was just sitting on my sofa yeah. in front of the TV. I mean, nothing, was, nothing special. <laughs> I just put my kid to sleep. Nothing special there. But well, at least you got to watch it with like the TV and everything like that. I had to I had to make it make it on the move, but still got to see it nonetheless. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, that, was, that, that shit was awesome. Um, but cool. then also SGA, man, this dude is just clutch as fuck. Like I can't I can't even get around it. He hit this crazy buzzer beater, what we thought was the the game winner midweek against the Pelicans. And then Devontae Graham just launched this, you know, three-quarter court bomb and drained it. And then we saw SGA do it yet again. Uh, but this one, he this one actually cashed to win the game. So um SGA may not be as great of a fantasy player this year, but he is certainly real in uh real life basketball. Yeah, love love SGA, love love the kid, love his attitude, love his demeanor, love his you know willingness to take the last shot. But like you said, the, the fantasy uh, value is just isn't there this year, and it's it's really because of Josh Giddy. I, I looked at the the fantasy labs uh, on off court tool, and with Josh Giddy on the floor, his usage rate is like twenty eight percent. With Giddy off the floor, it skyrockets up to thirty four percent. So could you imagine if Giddy just wasn't there, like SGA would be having a top 25 season his assist numbers would probably be up to like six or seven, as opposed to like four and a half to five. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And, and also we, his field goal percentage last season was 50%, which I always thought was sort of high. It was a small sample size of 35 games. This season he's only shooting 41%. Like maybe that's who he is. Like, I mean, he's a, he's a guy who's going to take a lot of shots. So he probably, you know, 50% seemed really high last season. Um, you know, what, what you do with him, I've always been a proponent of selling him high, you know, off a couple of good games. So maybe, maybe while the hype train is sort of behind him, he's a guy that you'd want to, you'd want to move for some, some other talent, but you know, he's still doing his thing and he's still, he's still valuable enough player, but more of his top 75 guy as opposed to a top 25 guy. That's fair. Um, yeah. and I know you still have those concerns about him potentially resting towards the no end doubt. of the season here. No doubt. Um, surprise. As we were talking about Oklahoma city though, uh, Lou Lugens Dort has just been balling out 20 points. I uh, really just been a score, which I didn't, I don't think we see just the development of his game from the first two seasons. I'm surprising to see how much he's actually contributing on the offensive end. Cause he can't kind of came in as a defensive stopper. Last season, if I remember correctly, he was one of those league winning league winner type guys in the fantasy basketball playoffs. Yeah. When OKC was resting all the guys, he was dropping like 30 and 40 at night, just going nuts. And he's, he's doing some, something similar to that. Like, like now he's just, just getting buckets. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the elephant in the room, COVID, a little bit. There's actually, I, I counted, there's only 11 teams in the NBA that don't have at least one player in health and safety protocols at this point. So 
I mean, what recommendation do you give to fantasy managers at this point? To me, I think you just if you're going to go into week 10, you just wait till the injury reports drop and pick up players last minute. Right. Because you don't know if you pick someone up early in the day, you don't know that they might come into contact with someone and then enter protocol. So to me, that's like the best defense against uh, COVID right now. But what do you what do you think? Really stressful. And it's just something that unfortunately we have to embrace because this is this is the times that we're living in. And things are going to change that they're going to test more around the holidays. This is going to be a thing you know, to come here in the near future. You know, more people are indoors, more people are gathering and it's, it's just unfortunate. So we have to sort of figure out ways to navigate it in fantasy sports. And, and one way to do that here, like you said, is, you know, it's, it's exciting and, and uh, very tempting to pick up a player uh, like in the morning. You get up in the morning and you're like, oh, this person was added in such and such leagues they are hot you know, pick up and then, you know, six hours later before their game that night, they go on the COVID list and they're out for five games out for the week. You use the trend, you use one of your transactions uh, for that week. Like, like Titus said, man, you gotta like, you gotta pick people up at like six forty-five, you know, eight forty-five before the nine o'clock tip. Like that's Eastern time I'm talking, but like, there's a couple examples of this. Like uh, last week, you know, picking up David Duke when all the all the Nets went on the COVID list because Brooklyn played four games. And once once it was known that David Duke was entering the starting lineup and Brooklyn was only playing with eight guys, makes a lot of sense to get the starter in that situation. I knew nothing about David Duke, but I picked him up and he like <laughs> helped me win it. He helped me win rebounds because he's like, yeah, he he's had, like he had Josh Hart out there. Yeah, he had a couple of double doubles, right? Two double doubles in the last four games. And then he also had a couple. He had quite a few stocks in this first in this first showing. So yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know who David Duke is, but neither do you. I picked up Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton because I knew of those guys and I figured they would be getting more minutes. Not David Duke, who literally came off the streets and got and got minutes. So like I'm talking to the listener here, like even you guys don't know who David Duke is. And I picked <laughs> up David Duke over Blake Griffin because I know what Blake Griffin is. Yeah. And a guy like David Duke getting his opportunity, you know, he's going to try to ball out, especially with nobody else there. And, and that's, I mean, that's what he did last week. So just, you got to kind of embrace it and see, see, uh, see where it takes you, but don't, don't make pickups too early in the week, unless it's one of those long-term pickups that we keep talking about, you know, guys that are here to stay like, uh, you know, Luke Kennard, for example, like as long as Paul George is out, Luke Kennard's up ball, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, Brooklyn, since we're talking about them for a minute, they got their first game of the week canceled um, in week 10. So they're only going to play two games already. So what was a streaming option last week is probably not going to be a streaming option this week. Uh, so David that's, Duke and all those other players can probably be dropped. That's typically how it goes. If you listen to us one Monday, it's going to be Brooklyn <laughs> guys are, are streamable. Portland guys are streamable. And then the following week they play two games because they played four the, the previous week. Right. So that's, that's typically how it goes. And you just need to, I mean, it's, it's night to night, man. Like if you're playing fantasy basketball this season, you got to be dedicated. Like you got to be available when those, you know, fantasy last notifications are coming out because otherwise you're going to miss out. Yeah. I was literally just going to say that if you guys don't do that already, make sure you follow the fantasy labs get those notifications on Twitter, because that's uh, the quickest way to get the information, right? If once something drops, then you can head to the waivers and do what you do, what you got to do. But yeah, make sure you have those notifications turned on. And as a league commissioner, if anyone is a league commissioner, I, I sent out a text to quite a few of the folks in our league this, this week, just because, with all this COVID stuff dropping, man, you may, you can't have enough IL spots. So be flexible, be agile in this environment, open up your IL spots a little bit just so you can give yourself a little bit more of a chance to actually start some players. Cause we're having to reach through the, 
the trenches of the G League at this point to uh, get anybody starting for our team. So it's really ugly out there. I wanted to get your thoughts here on Darius Garland. The Cavaliers are 19 and 12, third place in the Eastern Conference right now. He's having a career year, averaging 19, 7, and three, three rebounds, shooting 47% from the field. He's currently 46 overall in head-to-head nine-cat leagues. And over the last 14 days, he is putting up very similar numbers, but a little boost in the field goal percentage as well as steals is 17th overall. Is this the most improved player, not only potentially for fantasy, but also for the NBA? He is definitely top five. I mean, I thought, I mean, Colin Sexton's hurt, right? But I think Darius Garland does this, even if Colin Sexton's in the lineup. Like, Darius Garland has taken the reins of this team, become like a really good point guard. I mean, seven and a half assists a game. He's playing with some really good talent. Obviously, Mobley yeah. coming in. Okoro's playing good. Jared Allen looks amazing. Brooklyn should never have gotten rid of Jared Allen. Uh, Kevin Love coming off the bench. He looks great. He's only playing 20 minutes a game, but he looks great. He, he found like sort of his new home there as a sixth or seventh man off the bench. Yeah, Garland's definitely in the conversation. I mean, there's there's a couple other guys in that conversation. You know, uh, names come to mind are Bobby Portis. Um Dude, uh, even like Desmond Bain, like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's coming on, he's coming on strong of late because John Morant's out, but I mean, he's really been, he's really been doing his thing the last couple of weeks. Um, who else, who else would be in that conversation? Uh, for uh, M- for actual, for the NBA, most improved Yeah, player. like Miles My- Bridges, but he's sort of, he's sort of cooled off a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he has cooled off a little bit. I mean, I think it's like, if, if you're looking at the rec, I mean, just the, you 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 mentioned that Jared Allen is having you know a career in Brooklyn should have never gotten rid of him, dude. I mean he's making Ricky Ricky Rubio and Garland are actually getting him the ball. Like who would have saw Jared Allen getting seventeen points a game? Like obviously, and then you have Evan Mobley who's also um, ascending as well, man. Like these point guards are really good, and uh, I think Darius Garland, man, I think he's he's unlocked it for him. It was a mistake of me not to even mention Ricky Rubio. He's like the best point guard off the bench in the league. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's crazy. Someone actually dropped him in our league, man. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spend enough fab money for that. So, I mean, I dropped Desmond, I dropped Desmond Bain early on because like in the beginning, you're like really excited to make those like hot pickups and like Desmond Bain had a couple games of like five points, you know, and and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I cut him loose. He's like one of the bottom, bottom feeders on my team. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of rough, man. Got to get an update on Morant when he's coming back, but. Yeah, speaking of notable injuries, man, this was a bad week. And I'm not even talking, I'm just talking non-COVID related injuries here. <laughs> Wait, they Eight. have those? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? People At get injured point. still? I thought it was all I thought it was all health and safety protocols. Well, the first guy I'm gonna talk about gets hurt literally every time he touches the floor, and that's Anthony Davis. He left on Friday night, what looked like to be an ankle injury. He came back on the floor and then he wound up getting rolled up on. So then he wound up leaving. He like collapsed in the tunnel. It was a very dramatic situation but it looks like he's escaped with a sprained MCL. So he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. Um, Not good for him. Chris Middleton's still on the shelf with a hyperextended knee. Paul George, we haven't seen him in five games. He's got an elbow injury. Jimmy Butler remains out with a tailbone injury. Your boy, Rashawn Holmes, still out with that eye injury. Um, Still can't get an update on that. Between those guys, man, who are you most concerned about? Injuries in the NBA are so interesting because teams are like not required to provide updates. Like Rashawn Holmes got essentially poked in the eye, we thought, like two weeks ago and hasn't played like six games. I mean, he's questionable tonight when we're recording this podcast uh, for Sunday, but he's been out like six games. I mean, he should be back. I'm not I'm not really worried about him, but at the same time, he's been out twice now, two different times for like eye contusions. So <laughs> clearly he's getting his face up in people's grill and he's just taking hits and stuff. He just plays recklessly. 
which makes sense because he, he like almost fouls out every single game. Uh, it's sort of like Jaron Jackson. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis, you got to be worried about. Um, guys who are going to pick up the slack there are uh, LeBron. Uh, he's going he's gonna to have crazy usage now. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, but he's in health and safety protocols. But when, uh, when he comes back, he's going to pick up some of the slack and probably Carmelo Anthony. Those are the three guys I'd be looking at. And they, uh, uh, Mello and THT are probably rosterable when uh, AD is off the floor. So take a look at those guys. Paul George, uh, I'm worried about Paul George. I mean, he's been out five games. We have no idea what's going on. Uh, I mean, start out as elbow soreness, and now it's moved to elbow sprain. So he gets, he gets, he's like, he gets ruled out like a day in advance at this point, yeah. which, which is never good. You, you want to see a guy sort of be questionable after a couple games missed. Uh, he has not been. Uh, but teams also like handle the injury report differently. Like OG Ananobi was questionable, you know, for the first two games that he, you know, of like 15 that he missed. So the Raptors just handle it differently, but I think the Raptors were fine actually for handling the injury report a certain way. So maybe, maybe you're supposed to handle it a certain way and some teams don't. So, yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not worried about CJ McCollum. They uh, apparently said he's progressing and he should be back in late December, early January. Um, and that was his lung. So I'm not, I'm not as worried about McCollum as, uh, as I am like uh, uh, Paul George and actually Jimmy Butler. I'm worried about that. He's There's got been no t- news about it, right? He's just he's got ruled this out. Tailbone. Right? Yeah, he's got this yeah. tailbone injury similar to Paul George. Just hasn't played in a while. Re-aggravated it when he came back too soon, back on December 6th. And he's missed, you know, six or seven games since that point. And Miami's shorthanded. So they've got some guys who've got some fantasy value, right? We talked about Dwayne Dedman, P.J. Tucker. Gabe Vincent has been balling with, with yeah, uh, Jimmy Butler out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Max Struess can come off Max the bench. Struess and go for getting th- buckets. Go yep. for 30. Like, he's a new Patty Mills, I think. <laughs> but yeah, lots of lots of injuries, lots of COVID stuff. So you know, yeah, Rashawn Holmes is actually ruled out on Sunday. So yeah, he's. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> he was questionable too. He got it, upgraded yeah. from doubt. He got upgraded from doubtful to questionable just to be ruled out. I love it. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's. So they have nobody, man. They're, they're, they're starting Tristan. No they're starting Tristan Thompson, and uh, I think everybody on their team's in protocol. So Tyrese yeah. Halliburton's going to continue to. Matthew's still out. I think Matthew's still. He's not I in think protocols, is he? You're lucky. They're lucky that they have eight guys. But that's that's what's going on in the league right now. Like Orlando had Orlando versus Brooklyn. They had 16 total guys active. Yeah. And we, we're, we're talking about like Shaq Harrison coming in from he's probably like, you know, doing <laughs> whatever D- doing at home or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, these guys, it's crazy what's going on right now. Yeah, it's it's just crazy how many people are out for all of these teams. I mean, as I said, 11 teams do not have at least one person in, in health and safety protocols, which is just wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Actually, this is probably, yeah, this is probably several weeks ago. Well, we were pretty down on Cade Cunningham. And since then, I think he was fortunate to have Jeremy Grant go out with the thumb injury. And we've really seen him take a, take a turn, man. Over the last 14 days, he's averaging 22, six and five with two steals not shooting particularly well from the field only at 43% and he does carry 3.8 turnovers per game, but he's ranked 24th overall over the last two weeks. So I think this is a guy that uh, we could probably take a mulligan on. Although I will say we did, we did obviously say that he was probably going to be the biggest beneficiary of Jeremy Grant's injury. And that has come to fruition, but yeah, just want to say that maybe got it wrong a little bit early on Cade because he's, he's definitely heating up. Yeah, we were wrong, Cade. Like you never, you never drop a guy with that much potential uh, on a bad team, and like he's the number one overall pick. He's gonna get it together. Different with like 
with like a Jalen Suggs where you saw his usage wasn't as high. He's playing alongside Cole Anthony, uh, you know, a guy like that, you just, you know, cut bait with. But yeah, Kate Cunningham looks definitely looks the part now. And and obviously Jeremy Grant being out has definitely helped. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk some schedule stuff real quick. Only two teams that have four games this week, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic. And then you have 24 teams with three games and then two games scheduled for Charlotte, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Portland. It's going to be an ugly talk, week, man. Let's talk the magic. Yeah. A lot so, of players on the magic. Yeah. So Mo Bamba's in, uh, I think Mo Bamba had an ankle injury and then he's went into protocols. Okay. Okay. He's day to day. He's got an ankle injury. Well, check, check for me if he's in protocols. I know, okay. I know Wendell Carter uh, suffered a leg injury and he was Bamba doubtful. Did- you're right. Bob Bombay is in protocols now. Bombay's in protocols. Wendell Carter's dealing with an injury. It was kind of a freak little thing that happened on the court there. So Robin Lopez is, is coming in and, and just cooking, right? 20, he's, 20 he's playing points. Like, he's playing um, in a, yeah. <laughs> in, in the two games that, that, they, that, uh, that they missed, 19 points, eight and a half boards, three and a half uh, assists in those two games. And uh, with Orlando playing four games and the potential that Bomba and Wendell Carter Jr. are both out for those four games, yeah. Robin Lopez, I mean, this see, this is this is the kind of opportunity. How gross it gets when a COVID you environment. To, you have to pounce <laughs> on these, right? And you just take your chances. Like obviously Robin yeah. Lopez could, could be put on the health and safety protocols too. Um, but that's a guy I would take a chance on this week. Like if, yeah. I would I would absolutely pick him up. And then another guy is uh Chumo Kiki, right? Yeah, man. Because uh yeah. Terrence Terrence Ross is in protocols as well. And RJ Hampton is, I believe, also in protocol. So you know, at that small forward position, he can also play the power forward. He's going to get a ton of minutes, and he's already shown it last game. You know, he had six deals. Ugh. Um, yeah. So I think Chumo Kiki is definitely another person you could scoop up. He's averaging 4.3 stocks in his last three games without Mo Bamba. Man. It's going to be him and Franz Wagner, man, just cooking. <laughs> dude, Franz Wagner's, Franz Wagner's in the conversation for rookie of the year. He's he's we talked about last week, man. He's definitely it, rising, rising up the ladder for it's sure. Not fair, it's not fair for him that he has to be on the magic. Like, I mean, he's probably doing this well because he's on the magic, but he gets no shine because he's on the magic. I thought you were going to say it's because he's a white guy. <laughs> nah, man, I'm not. I don't, no. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, he's, he, he definitely has the opportunity. I mean, it's now it's, you know, Cade's obviously playing better and Evan Mobley's been missing games. He's now in the protocol. So that might, you know, without two weeks of production and Franz cooking, this could definitely move him up the conversation. So, yeah, I'm totally you were to vote that. If you were to vote right now, who's the rookie of the year? Like right now. Scotty Barnes. Still probably say Scotty Evan Barnes. Mobley. It's Scotty oh, Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's definitely Scotty Barnes. Is right. it Scotty Barnes? It's Scotty Barnes. It's definitely okay. Scotty Barnes. He's been consistent. He hasn't. I don't know that he he's missed a game. He hasn't. And Toronto right. has nobody in protocols right now. So there's no Siak- Isn't Siakam's out with an injury? I believe. Uh, actually, you're right. I was wrong. So Siakam is actually in protocols right now. Everyone's in protocols. If you don't know, they're in protocols. <laughs> <laughs> so. So I, looked look, at, every, I, looked at, I saw single, a blank there and I was like, oh, sh- oh, snap, that's Utah. So every um, single yeah. every single time we're like, yeah, like, you know, the whole unit's going to come back together in Toronto and Scotty Barnes is going to head to the bench. Guess what? It's possible that does. the whole unit never comes back together healthy or whatever. And and we see Scotty Barnes do this the entire season. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why he's, he's almost lean. I mean, he's top 10 in minutes played, right? So uh, Scotty Barnes is definitely, definitely legit and here to stay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the other side, the other side of that, um, OKC. Is there anyone on OKC that you'd be willing to pick up that that might be available? 
slim pickings it, here. Yeah, it's slim pickings, and they also run a deep rotation. I, yeah. I don't know, you know, whoever's starting, I guess, like a, a Darius Baisley, but but don't get don't get too entrenched or don't get too uh, cute here. Like with Robin Lopez, he's a smash play. With these OKC guys, they run a, a deep rotation, and just because they have four games doesn't necessarily mean you need to go pick them up. Like I would rather work work the schedule in this way where a team plays Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, like pick up a guy for that and then, you know, drop him and then use like the second half of the week and like figure out the schedule that way. Like don't, don't just like look at the whole entire week schedule and be like, Oh, okay. So he plays four times. I'm going to pick up a scrub yeah, and, you know, have him, you know, go off, like play it like two or three games at a time instead of a full week. Yeah. That Thursday, that Thursday schedule is going to be, that Thursday slate is going to be tricky with 12 teams playing. You're going to have to make some, some start sit decisions, but maybe you won't have to because half your team's on health and safety protocols anyway. So exactly. We we used to talk about that. Like any other season, it wouldn't matter, but with health and safety protocols, you likely have four or five guys in the protocol that aren't going to (laughs) play and and that there's not enough IL spaces. So, right. Next up here on Buckets is a segment we call Elite Entries, where I'll dive into the Prize Picks app to build some entries. So for the first entry, I'm going with Shea Gilders Alexander under four and a half rebounds versus the Memphis Grizzlies. So SGA comes into Monday averaging 4.6 rebounds this season. And over his last five, we've seen that number drop to 3.2. And he's going up against a Memphis team that ranks ninth in opponent rebounds per game. So going up against a top 10 rebounding team in the NBA. He struggled to hit the glass against Memphis in his career, only going over four and a half rebounds in one out of nine contests. And he hasn't done it in four straight matchups. So SGA has done well in the scoring department versus the Grizzlies, but after Josh Giddy just pulled down 18 rebounds in their last contest, I'm going under. The next play that I like is Donovan Mitchell over 26 and a half points, and he's going up against the Charlotte Hornets. Donovan Mitchell is definitely heating up, gone over 26 and a half points in eight of his last nine games. Charlotte's been giving up 120 points per game in their last three, the second highest in the NBA. And the Hornets also allow the second highest points per game to opposing shooting guards at 24.2 points per game. Now, these two teams are the highest scoring teams in the NBA. And Monday's game total is sitting at 234, the highest of the slate. So to me, this is a good spot for Mitchell to get buckets, especially after falling to the Clippers on Saturday without Mike Conley. So we see Donovan Mitchell probably play more of the scoring role, and I like him to go over 26 and a half points here. The last play that I'm going with is Ivica Zubac over eight rebounds versus the San Antonio Spurs. Zubac's minutes have really fluctuated over the last five games, and he hasn't shown much in terms of hitting the glass, averaging only 6.6 rebounds over that span. Now, San Antonio is on the second leg of a back-to-back set, and Zubac does actually have a strong rebound in history versus San Antonio. He pulled down 13 rebounds in their first matchup this year and grabbed at least eight rebounds in his last five versus the Spurs. The Spurs are also giving up the second most rebounds per game to opposing centers over the last two weeks. So going up against fellow big and Yaka Pirtle, I think he'll get the minutes and go over eight rebounds. All right. So that's our elite entry for today. Going with Shea Gilgis Alexander under four and a half rebounds. Donovan Mitchell over 26 and a half points. And Ivica Zubac over eight rebounds. 
As a reminder, Prize Picks markets move, so you'll want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a Prize Picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or visit PrizePicks.com and use promo code ACTION10. That's A C T I O N one zero. All right, let's get back to buckets. Um, so let's talk some more short-term ads here. Uh, we talked about uh, we talked about some of the the Orlando Magic. Obviously, they're the probably the best team uh, with the most opportunity here. I think we've seen Kevin Love play a lot better. Um, he and with so many people in health and safety protocols for the Cavs, I think he's worth a look. Also, uh, Eric Gordon uh, has come to life a little bit for the Houston Rockets. They're just going through a tons of injuries. It seems like more than the health and safety protocols. So he has also found life. So if you need someone to give you threes, some volume points, um, he has certainly seen an uptick in usage rate over the last week. Uh, so I don't, I don't suspect that that's going to go down. Um, and we, we why we're talking about, about oh, let's, talk about, let's talk about Kemba Walker. <laughs> Dude, he came out and blasted the Knicks already. I just, I just read a report well, about the Celt- it. It's like, the yo, Celtics. you better give me some time, man. Like, no, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It yeah, he came he came came back for a game in the rotation. He's been out of the rotation for ten games. Derrick Rose was out. Alec Burks was out, and Kemba got the start against his former team and Quick, scored twenty. Quickly's in the protocols, so yeah, quickly's one in last the protocols, and he scored twenty nine points. Like you knew he was going to go out there and get buckets and be like, you know, fuck you for not starting me and keeping me in the rotation. Yeah, um, I mean, he's got he's got appeal as long as you know, as long as he's uh, you know in the rotation. All those other guys are out, so he's a streaming option too. Good point. Yeah. Um, and also the uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards got into the protocol. So I think this is probably just going to be, you know, Carl Anthony Towns just beasting more than he already is. He called himself the best big shooting big man ever. Look at the stats. He's uh, he's not wrong. Uh, he's still good. a lot, still still a lot to go in his career. But uh, at this stage, he's he's definitely shooting uh, ridiculous numbers for a man his size and and by the position. But yeah, I think you could take a flyer on someone like Malik Beasley, who's probably going to get more minutes with uh, Anthony Edwards out. Did you see the report? We were talking about how fat Zion was last week. Did you see the report? He's not. He's falling asleep in film sessions and and missing rehabs. <laughs> oh this guy's not going to play, bro. Like he's just not. Like, is this is this on purpose? Like is he is is his agent like telling him to like gain weight? Is his agent Rich Paul? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he is, <laughs> if it is, then then yes, this is happening. Like. This is like, like, don't hold on any more hope. This is not happening. Like no, he's not playing. Not because he's terrible. Thing. But you know, this is good for and continues to be good for Herb Jones. Like it's like, yep. dude, the dude is sneaky. Like we talk about Royce O'Neal. Stocks, man. We talk about Royce O'Neal. Herb Jones is essentially Royce O'Neal, except way younger and like has more stamina <laughs> and can give you more and can give you more stocks. Yeah. He's, he's been, he's been, a, he's been a top, you know, 100 player in nine cat leagues like he's he's definitely rosterable like he's he's not going to hurt you anywhere and he's going to get you those stocks which are super important so continue to continue to ride the wave on herb jones sure crazy as that crazy as that sounds he's worth it um another guy that's worth it let's go to the more of the long-term ads here we've been talking about garrison matthews for quite some time but i think one thing of significance just happened to give him certified legitimacy and that's that he got a four-year deal uh to stay with the rockets his nickname is Gary Bird, which is just wild. And I, I get it, though. He's 25, only 25 years old, man. But this kid is, since he's gotten more playing time, 14 points, four rebounds, only a half a turnover and 33 minutes per contest, shooting 45% from the field, 
39% on three pointers. This dude's here to stay. And uh, after getting the bag, Houston absolutely believes in this dude. Yeah, as long as he keeps shooting like this, he's like lights out from three, man. But just to understand, he's not going to help you in very many other places. And if he ever returns to the bench when they get healthy, then you can drop him at that point. But until then, you got you to gotta stream the guy. Definitely got to ride the wave. No doubt. Um, and uh, a couple other guys, Royce O'Neal, you just mentioned, he's still really under rostered, you know, still sitting at 38% in Yahoo head to head leagues. And I mean, for what Royce contributes across the board and, and fills up the stat sheet, uh, he's certainly worth uh, a pickup on your, on your rosters. Another guy that's kind of flown under the radar. Isaiah Hartenstein has been extremely valuable on a per 36 uh, minute basis. And anytime Zubach, gets into foul trouble or they're play be, playing maybe a smaller front court. Isaiah Hartenstein gets to work. So is this a guy you're, you're scooping up? I've been talking about Isaiah Hartenstein like, all, like for many podcasts now. He's always a streamable guy. He's actually a top 50 player in the last two weeks uh, just because he, he gives you the stocks, the boards, uh, the field goal percentage is up there with Jared Allen. Uh, shoots, shoots well from the free throw line, doesn't turn the ball over. Like, you know, he's not he's not the funnest player, but on a per minute basis. Yeah, man, he's and and like you said, when Zubash gets into trouble or they want to go a little bit more athletic, they put Hartenstein in there and he does his thing. So, I mean, he's dealing with an ankle injury right now. I think he's questionable to play in his next game. But as as long as he's good to go. Yeah. Hartenstein's a guy that that uh, definitely should be streamed, at least in 14 team leagues. I've been streaming him in, in our 12 team league. So. Um, any other guys that you're eyeing on the long-term l- outlook? Um, I see Kelly Olenek should be returning to the court fairly soon from his injury. He was out six weeks, but uh, he could step into some more minutes, uh, certainly after you know coming over as a prominent free agent. But uh, Alfred Sagoon, I've been talking about him. I know you thought it was a little bit too early, but uh, I still feel like that guy could be pretty valuable once it comes down to the, the latter part of the season, maybe the second half. Yeah, I like, I like him a lot. Um... I like I like Cameron Johnson actually for as long as Devin Booker's out of the lineup. He's been doing his thing for for Phoenix. He's a he's a top fifty five player in the last two weeks. Shoots three well. He's sort of you know a Garrison Matthews type who can grab some boards. Uh, don't mind Cameron Johnson uh, at all. Um, in terms of the uh, the uh, the Brooklyn guys, I'm not interested in any of those guys. So I know yeah. we, we we're talking about them, but uh, don't get caught up in those numbers because those are those are uh, phony, especially with the um, you know, they don't have four games next week and, and uh, guys are going to be coming back from the protocols. Just not interested in guys like that. Um, who else, man? Who else is, uh, let's see. Like that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Man, it's like, it's like, it's, we're, it's we're like, gonna go, slim, we're going to go G League scrapping, man. Like literally. It's slim <laughs> Dude, you don't even know the, 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 the hottest waiver wire pickup on like Wednesday this week could be a guy that you don't even know who it is. Yeah. But he could, he could like smash. He, he probably plays for Oklahoma City. And the whole team's going to be put on the COVID list. He's going to come in and average like 25 and five. And we don't even know his name yet, but it's going to happen. Ken, Kenrick Williams. Gross. Kenny Hustle, Kenny Hustle, man. He he balled out. And then the next game that everybody started him, he had like zero points and, you know, two turnovers. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now, you, we were talking about before we got on here that uh, head-to-head leagues, daily head-to-head leagues are pretty much becoming DFS leagues at this point. Um, you know, Jonathan Kaminga with all the Warriors resting a game a, a game ago went off for a career high and it's like unless you're you got to wait for the last minute like for when everyone's literally out find that next opportunity to somebody that might pop off because that's that's what's going to win you the week at this point this year i feel like leagues should offer 
like seven transactions per week, like one a day, as opposed to like four or five per week. I, I was actually considering that, bringing that to the league, saying like, yo, should we get get another couple of transactions up in there? Yo, because you make you make one transaction at 645 and the guy goes on a COVID list at 650. Like that's mm-hmm. that happened with Miles yeah. McBride in, in, in with the Knicks. Like he mm-hmm. balled out for a couple games and people were picking him up. And all of a sudden he hops on the COVID list, like right before tip off. Yep. And then, you know, you're stuck, you lost the transaction and, and you, you know, that could be 25% of your transactions for the week. Sucks. Facts. All right. So that'll do it for this week of buckets. Make sure that you check out actionnetwork.com for the fantasy forecast with Joe Delira and myself. Really good article that kind of summarizes what we talked about today, as well as giving you some player prop angles that you need to hit. Also download the Action Network app where you can tell all of our Action Network experts for all the bets that you make. Make sure that you follow Fantasy Labs and make sure you turn on those notifications because that could be super helpful as you're navigating this this COVID climate. Koffler and I will be back next week. Make sure everyone has a safe and happy holiday and get buckets. Peace.